the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This program is sponsored by North Valley Church of Christ. There's a message true and glad for the sinful and the sad. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. It will give them courage new. It will help them to be true. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring out. Good afternoon, folks, and welcome back to another episode of Redeeming the Time. I'm your host, Chris Macy. And I'm the minister here with the North Valley Church of Christ. We're going to be taking a look at Revelation chapter 8. We've been working through the letter of Revelation. And I'm not trying to make it confusing. I'm trying to keep it as simple as possible and to show that this is a book of encouragement. And that the things we find uh, within this book are, are, are really things that can be applied to just about, if not every, generation since the beginning of the church. And yeah, it's looking ahead. There are going to be some things uh, in the future where it talks about the second coming of Christ, and then that's the end. There's not going to be this thousand-year reign. We've looked at that. We'll look at it again later on. But here in Revelation 8, I want to give you a couple of uh, reminders here that the visions, the, the visions of Revelation do not always follow a chronological scheme. If the breaking of the sixth seal reveals the final judgment of God, what is revealed in breaking the seventh seal is not necessarily what follows uh, in the next in sequence of time. What is revealed in the seventh seal are seven trumpets, and these trumpets have their own unique meaning. Seals reveal when they're broken. Trumpets announce or warn when they're sounded. The first six seals were encouragement to Christians as they are given a picture of what God has in mind. The trumpets are directed to the world that rejected Christ and persecuted his people. Real quick, let's look at the seven seals. The first seal was the white horse. The gospel of Christ is taken to the world. Then the second seal is the red horse. That's the persecution of Christians. The third seal is the black horse. The injustices received by Christians. The fourth horse, the pale horse, is the suffering due to war. The fifth seal is souls under the altar. That's the faithful Christians will be saved. The sixth seal is the earthquake. That's the picture of final judgment. And then we had a, a little break from that. And then the show that God's with his people. He's going to take care of his people. And now in chapter 8, you have the seventh seal broken. And it's going to show the seven trumpets. This is the warning the, war, uh, the warning of the world, or warning the world, of judgments to come. We're going to look at, the fir- at that seal and then the first four trumpets. Let's begin by reading verses 1 through 5 of Revelation 8. When the Lamb broke the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. 
And I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and seven trumpets were given to them. Another angel came and stood at the altar holding a golden censer, and much incense was given to him so that he might add it to the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints went up before God out of the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer and filled it with the fire of the altar and threw it to the earth. And there followed peals of thunder and sound and flashes of lightning and an earthquake. Okay, let's take a look at these verses. Verses 1 and 2, you got that beginning there, the silence in heaven. This is a temporary suspension of the revelation. Half an hour can be a short time, but it gets your attention. It's like the calm before the storm or a drum roll that focuses everyone on what's about to happen. Perhaps silence so that the prayers of the saints may be heard. Seven angels uh, in the Jewish Apocrypha book, First Enoch, uh, they are given names. And I'm not going to mention them here, but I don't think that's who these are. It's just seven angels. Seven trumpets. Uh, trumpets were used to call attention to an announcement. Uh, they were especially used as a warning signal, which seems to be the significance here. Again, seven has to do with God's dealing with the earth. The number three is the, the trinity of God, and the number four is used for symbolically for the earth. Add those together, that's seven. Oh, here's God's dealing with the earth. Verses three and four, another angel. Some associate of this angel uh, with Christ, but still another. That's the term alas in the Greek. Just another, but the same. And simply signifying another of the same kind. Incense. This is added to the prayers which may point to Christ's intercession in behalf of Christians. Our prayers do not ascend to the throne unaided. You have the golden altar there. That's depicting the place of an offering. Prayers are a spiritual offering to God. Then uh, the prayers go up to the Lord. The angel puts that fire into the censure and then throws it to the earth. The prayers are answered. God will react to the cries of his people who are enduring the hardships of their Christian pilgrimage. This verse seems to reveal in summary form what God will do. And the sounding of the trumpets will give more specific details. I like this passage, verses 1 through 5. It, it, it's encouraging to me. You know, often, have you ever wondered, like, you know, should I pray? Does God really care? He does. He wants to hear. And our prayers don't go unaided to him. Much goes on behind the scenes that we don't know about. And God answers the prayers of his people when they're according to his will. Well, well but Chris, what's the will of God? Read the Bible. You know. Remember the uh, in, what is it, chapter 4, I think it was, where the, I'm sorry, just a few chapters ago, uh, was it 4 or 6? Anyway, where the saints under the altar are crying for justice, and God gives them the white robe and says, be patient. It's coming. Just be patient. Wait. 
many times that's what it is for us. That's the answer. Be patient. Wait. I'm going to take care of that. I know you're having a hard time. Don't worry. Stand fast. Be Stand firm. Don't give up. Keep on keeping on for the Lord. And I'll also, I just want to kind of go back and hint on that, hit on that silence in heaven for about half an hour, how that gets our attention. So does the the, uh, trumpets. But I do that whenever I lead a prayer. Whenever I tell folks, let's bow our heads in prayer. And I've been asked about why I do this if I'm thinking. I'm not thinking why I'm giving thoughts. But the purpose of that is to get people's attention and to quiet down. Silence. Shh. Quietness. It gets your attention. And I, I like that. I, I think that's something we ought to use more of. All right. Let's start getting into these four, the first four trumpets here in chapter 8. The first trumpet is found in verses 6 and 7. Let's read those here. And the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound them. The first sounded, and there came hail and fire mixed with blood, and they were thrown to the earth. And a third of the earth was burned up, and a third of the trees were burned up, and all the green grass was burned up. Hmm. Interesting. So, verses 6 and 7, the judgment. Each one of these, you'll see this judgment and affected part, and now I'm going to give you the interpretation. But here's the judgment. Hail and fire mixed with blood. With this, uh, I think of the Egyptian plagues. The hail and fire do not mix naturally, but that's what happened in Egypt. It's happening here. And so what is happening here can only be coming from God. This should not be interpreted as something man does. Can't happen. Blood obviously depicts death. Here's the affected parts. One third of the land, the trees, and all the grass. While judgment from God is certainly being depicted, it is not final judgment. It is merely a trumpet blast. It is a warning of what's coming. Partial destruction gives men an opportunity to repent, right? And turn back to God. That's what ought to be happening. The millennialist Hal Lindsey sees nuclear war here. Rubel Shelley, others like him, take the first four trumpets as judgments sent against Rome for her treatment of Christians. Well, I think that it refers to the so-called natural calamities that befall the earth, reminding us of who is really in charge and that life is short, racing toward final judgment. The affected parts here, the land, the sea, the rivers, the heavenly bodies, we'll see this throughout, all these these are significant. The first warning involves the land being partially destroyed. Since our livelihood is based upon the land's production, this might refer to acts of God that affect our economic circumstances. God can remove what we earnestly seek in this world in order to awaken us to the need of repentance. I probably should say the world. 
But I don't want you to think that when I say us Christians, I'm talking about the world as a whole, getting our attention. For those of us here, actually for the whole world, when the uh, towers were hit on 9-11 by those airplanes, that was a wake-up call, wasn't it? That got us thinking. Man, the folks here in America, we flocked to the churches after that well, for a short time. For a short time, but it happened. It did get our attention, but it didn't keep. Those big hurricanes, when they come in and wipe out entire cities, those are wake-up calls. And, that, and that's just the things happening here in America. I think things happen all over the world where God's trying to get people's attention. You're not really in control. I am. And he wants folks to think and to turn to him. The second trumpet, verses 8 and 9. The second angel sounded, and something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea, and a third of the sea became blood, and a third of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. The judgment, well, great mountains burning, a great mountain burning with fire. Mountains were used in the Old Testament as symbols of nations. We see that in Isaiah 64, 1, uh, Amos 4, 1, Micah 1, 3, and 4. All uh, many times that, that happened. The affected parts is the sea, the creatures of the sea, the ships. Again, only a, th- only a third is affected. This, this is not final judgment. I like what Homer Haley has to say here. He says, quote, The vision indicates judgment upon a worldly society when its center of power is cast down and its economy falls with it. To go beyond this broad application by designating a particular city is unwise. Although this pattern fits both Rome and and the entire empire when they fell. The description reveals a general corrupt condition and its consequences, which could involve any society. End quote. He's right. This is something that you will see in every generation. Empires rise and empires fall. They come and they go. And God uses those to wake people up. What's going to happen when ours falls? If it does, it it may. How long do you think God will sit by and allow us to kill our unborn children? To mock him and to continue down the depravity that we're on? I don't know. He let Rome go for a long time before he took her out. We'll see. But these trumpets are wake-up calls to the world to get our attention. Trumpet number three. Well, I'm going through this a lot faster than I thought. Trumpet number three, verses 10 and 11. The third angel sounded, and a great star fell from heaven, burning like a torch. And it fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of waters. The name of the star is called Wormwood. And a third of the waters became Wormwood. And many men died from the waters because they were made bitter. Here's the judgment. 
a great star from heaven burning like a torch. A, a star is used in Isaiah 14:12, the star of the morning, to refer to the king of Babylon. Some see here a reference to judgment against world leaders. Over in chapter 1, verse 20, the seven stars were the seven angels of the churches. Remember that? That could be the leaders of the churches there. From heaven <clears throat> seems to depict something coming from God. Wormwood is associated in scripture with bitterness or poison. Plenty of passages about that. The affected parts here are the rivers and the springs. The drinking water is affected and men die because of the lack of good water. Commentators vary in their views here about this from the idea that prominent world leaders would fall to various concepts of idolatry. But maybe it's better to merely see in these first four trumpets the warnings of God to man in the forms of natural disasters that are common to every generation. These affect every aspect of human existence. The land, the sea, the fresh water, and the heavenly lights. That's coming next here in the fourth trumpet, verse 12. The fourth angel sounded, and a third of the sun, and a third of the moon, and a third of the stars were struck, so that a third of them would be darkened, and the day would not shine for a third of it, and the night in the same way. So darkness is the judgment. This judgment removes light by which men may see and find their way. So the sun, the moon, stars are hit. Homer Haley says, quote, Throughout the Old Testament, light from the sun, the moon, and stars signify salvation, well-being, happiness, truth, wisdom, and joy. This brings us full, full circle with the material elements of man's physical existence. Removing light is seen by some to depict the darkening of human wisdom and understanding. Man, don't we see that happening today in our current situation with politics? I mean, we look out there and if you're even getting some thought of what's going on in politics, you can see that they don't care about truth. And I think people who accept the lies that are coming through the media and out of Washington, D.C., are, I mean, they clearly know they're deluding themselves. And what's going on is they, not to get too much into politics, but they hate the president so much, they don't care what the truth is. And they will accept any lie, no matter how ridiculous that lie may be, they'll accept it. Because it goes along with what they want. What, is that, what does that signify? Darkness. They don't see and they don't want to see. And so they're deluding themselves. I see that happening. This isn't saying that we are fulfilling the prophecy of Revelation and the end is coming. Not that at all, folks. This is something that happens in every generation. Now, could the end come to this generation? Sure. It could come right now. It could come tomorrow. It could come 15,000 years down the road. We don't know. All we know is that it's near. It's always near because we don't know when it's coming. But one thing we do know the book of Revelations tells us, here's what's going to happen in every generation. 
What should the Christian do? Well, be encouraged. Because even though it looks like maybe we're losing, we've already won. If you're in Christ and you stay there, you won. Because Christ has already won. And if you hold fast and don't give in and give up, you will receive the crown of life. The thrust of these first four trumpets is that the entire universe is used by God to warn and to call men to repentance. There is nothing that is permanent in this world, and there is nothing that is not under our Creator's control. Do these so-called natural disasters not warn us of the shortness of life? When so many die in earthquakes, sunken ships, floods, and whatnot? Occasionally, when someone has a brush with death, their thoughts turn to God. The objective in these warnings seems to be bringing men to repentance. Over in chapter 9, verse 20. The rest of mankind, this is the, uh, I'm reading uh, 9.20. The rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands so as not to worship demons and the idols of gold and of silver and of brass and of stone and of wood which can neither see nor hear nor walk. And they did not repent of their murders, nor of their sorceries, nor of their immorality, nor of their thefts. It goes on to say. Sad. How sad, but, but so true. Verse 13, last verse, chapter 8. Then I looked, and I heard an eagle flying in mid-heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to those who dwell on the earth, because of the remaining blast of the trumpet of the three angels who are about to sound. And that gives me goosebumps. I always get a shiver down my spine every time. Just now, just got it. Every time I read that. Man, note the division that occurs here between the first four trumpets sounding and the last three. The last three trumpets are labeled as three woes. These will still be warnings, but warnings of a different sort. Scary. You got the eagle here, or it could be a vulture, it's a bird of prey. A symbol of coming judgment is what it is. We see that from Hosea 8.1, Matthew 24.28. Also, it can be a deliverance, Exodus 19.4. But he has those three woes. Whoa, whoa, whoa. A woe, while blessings belong to those who serve God, woes are reserved for those who reject God. What is coming will be worse than what was seen in the first four trumpets. And man, it's true. It gets really bad. Those who dwell on the earth, it says in verse 13, seems to refer to those who only live for the here and now. They have no thought of God or the things of God. They only live for themselves. All throughout the book of Revelation, Revelation 6.10, 8.13 right here, 11.10, 13, 13.8, 13.14, 17.2, 17.8, all of this points to that same idea. This scene again gets 
our attention. It builds the tension in anticipation of what is about to be revealed. What's coming will not be pleasant. If you think what you saw in the first trumpet blast was bad, you haven't seen nothing yet. And that ends chapter 8. Chapter 9 will be will start with the fifth trumpet and the bottomless pit. Then the sixth trumpet. Chapter 10. Uh, we'll have a, a couple of chapters here of uh, uh, interludes of different things going on. And then the seventh chapter comes in chapter 11, verse 15. The seventh trumpet. It's good stuff. I'm hoping, I hope you're enjoying this. And if you haven't... Uh, um, heard the other ones or if you're just now joining us and you want to know more about some of the other things we've talked about in the book of Revelation go to our website go to www.nvcoc.net and click on our radio mic it's going to bring you this episode and all the past ones and you'll see in there all the studies I've done on Revelation we started with the introduction and I've been going through chapter by chapter talking about the things here uh, on the on the book of Revelation from the Re- this Revelation from John, and I hope you're uh, encouraged by this. I'm also posting this on Facebook. That's a great place where I can get comments from folks. My name is Chris Macy, L M A C Y. What I ought to do, I do have a uh, Redeeming the Time uh, Facebook page. Let me pull that up real quick. I'll give you that address. I, I wonder if I have a shortened address for that. I don't know. Uh, yeah, if you go to facebook.com slash redeeming the time radio and you can join or like my page there, I post it uh, each radio program on there. And feel free to get on there and post some comments to, to these radio programs, share them with anybody you may want to. I think I have that open for that, but I'd love for you to, to post there on that. I'd like to hear your comments or any questions you have, really. If you have questions, I will answer them here. But let's make let's uh let's make the most of every opportunity. Let us redeem the time, and let us uh, come to an understanding and unity upon the Word of God. God is sending warnings every generation. He gets people's attention because every generation people seem to get kind of you know they just fall away. They stop listening. They get so comfortable with things. When God blesses us, as he has in this country, after a while, what happens? We start to think, oh, nothing bad's going to happen. We're fine. Look what we done. Just like the king of Babylon, when he looked out in the land, and said, look what all that I've done and conquered. And so God struck him dumb like an animal. And for seven years, he ate the grass like a dumb animal until he came to his senses. Let's not let that happen to us, folks. Get into the word. Know the mind and heart of God and bring your life into accordance with His will. Thank you for being here and may the Lord bless you in all that you do as long as we are doing the Lord's work. Thank you. Till the sinful world be one for Jehovah's mighty Son. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. This program was sponsored by North Valley Church of Christ. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.